look, can I do backwards math here? 45 customers at $1,000 monthly ARPU. I think this is probably too low, by the way. You guys are doing like $45,000, $50,000 a month right now in revenue? Uh, a little bit higher. We're, yeah. um, we are, we've crossed a million. You are listening to Conversations with Nathan Latka, where I sit down and interview the top SaaS founders, like Eric Wan from Zoom. If you'd like to subscribe, go to gitlatka.com. We've published thousands of these interviews, and if you want to sort through them quickly by revenue or churn, CAC, valuation, or other metrics, the easiest way to do that is to go to gitlatka.com and use our filtering tool. It's like a big Excel sheet for all of these podcast interviews. Check it out right now at gitlatka.com. Hey folks, my guest today is Hirsch Tapadia. He's the co-founder and CEO of Allstacks, the first software delivery intelligence and predictive forecasting platform helping engineering teams predict and quantify team productivity. He's led teams like this across SaaS, pharma, medical device, and supply chain, and previously was co-founder of several ventures, including Ravioli Labs, an ML-driven consulting firm, CertiRx, an anti-counterfeiting solution for supply chain, and MedCount, a medical device for infectious disease diagnostics. He's living in Raleigh and is a graduate from Duke and NC State. Hirsch, you ready to take us to the top? Yeah, absolutely. All right. Where so where did you experience this problem? Was it when you were at, you know, Ravioli Labs or Certi RX? Where'd you find this problem? Yeah, it was it was everywhere actually. Um, so I was running product engineering teams. I think the the healthcare background created the exacerbated version of the problem because you have two layers of translation. Mm-hmm. So when you look around your organization and you see marketing, sales, customer success, everybody's really instrumented, really data driven. And engineering's not. And then you have to further explain it to somebody who has maybe a more of a healthcare science background. You're going through two layers of translation without any data. And it was just always a, a point of frustration for me, which is like, how do I how do I help quantify this in a way that actually helps me advocate for my teams? Why are my teams actually doing really well? What does really good look like? Yeah. And um, for my for my audience listening, this is the use case of there's that annoying Trello card that has been sitting in the doing this week for the past mm-hmm. six weeks. And for the business person, it looks like no momentum's happening. But everyone on the dev side knows there's a bunch of work happening. So you are able to basically get insight into that. Insight into that and then help you understand when is that actually not happening as well. So both the positive and negative outcome. We're doing all the work that that we should be doing. But there's other externalities that are causing it to go off track as well. Maybe it's really a lot more complicated than it is normally. And mm-hmm. so being able to highlight all those outcomes so then you can make a decision, right? Your business counterpart can say, hey, I understand that this is, uh, this is going differently than it normally does. I'm going to make different decisions now. And yep. so one of the things we think about a lot is how do we give agency back to all your stakeholders? Yep. No, this is great. And it helps It helps engineers communicate progress to a sales team because the sales team is used to communicating things like quota and quota target and percent of quota hit. Yeah. So help me understand how you're breaking this down. I'm just going off the screenshot off your homepage, right? So when you say like you have a couple of things, there's a progress bar, there's velocity per week and there's scope remaining. What do you set first? Like, do you set a number of points per scope? Yeah. So we, we use the data that's already being leveraged in tools like Jira, for example. So somebody's defined, you know, call it an epic, right? Some body of work. And they've either created a bunch of tasks inside of that, or they've added story points, they, you know, whatever process that they use. And then what we've done is we've looked at your historical data to say when something like that materializes, how does it typically go from start to finish? 
And then we start tracking work against that. And what we do is we look for deviations from that normal. And normally it takes maybe a day to review code. This one's taking four days to review code. Why is that? Right? Oh, the code's really complicated. It was rewritten a bunch of times. Seven people wrote it instead of one person. So uh, it's hard to review. And each one of those has a historical factor that said last time something like this happened, this thing got later and later, or it got earlier and earlier. And that gets worked into a forecasting model, this machine learning algorithm that we developed, that then predicts three things. When do we think it's going to get delivered? How is that date changing? And how is the change changing? So is it getting later faster? Is it getting earlier slower? Basically, what we're trying to explain to folks is, are we confident in what we're saying we're going to do? Or are we losing confidence in what we're saying we're going to do? Because that, that second derivative explanation is how humans make decisions with each other. Mm-hmm. Tell me about pricing here. You, you're, you're really clear on your pricing page. Everyone starts at 400 bucks a month, but I imagine your average, like ARPU is probably much higher than that. What's the average customer or team paying you per month? Yeah, so it's, it's about the size of the company. Right. So how, how big is the technology organization? We call them contributors, right? The people that are working towards delivery. So uh, what we look at is kind of development teams starting around 20, 30 developers and, yep. and going up from there. So simple math, right? Yep. Uh, we're looking at kind of 12K, 30K, 50K or like our typical starting bands per year. Yep. Oh, per year. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, twelve. Oh, oh, it's four hundred dollars per year or per month. Per year. Per oh, year. Per year. Per okay. Year. I see. Per year per I was gonna say, holy crap! This gets big very quick if you got a thousand people on one team paying four hundred bucks a month. That was a yearly price. Okay. That was a yearly price. I got it. All right. Take me back to day one. When did you launch the business? So we started the business. You could really call our genuine kickoff with TechStars in Austin, Q one of twenty eighteen. Um, so Jeremy, my co-founder and I, we've been working together since 2008, straight through 13 years now. So were you guys Uh, nice? You just split 50, 50 at the start? Just split 50, 50 at the start. It was our fourth time working together. Um, and, and we said, let's, uh, let's kick this off. And so we, you know, we incorporated the company just before that got into tech stars, drove down to Austin and, uh, and kicked this thing off right in January, 2018. Why Austin? Why not? I imagine there's a Techstars in Raleigh, right? There wasn't a Techstars in Raleigh at the time, actually. The okay. Techstars in Raleigh started a year later, uh, and, and it was in partnership with MetLife. We were deciding between uh, Austin and Boulder, actually. And we looked at ourselves and said, you know, what are we really good at? We're really good at product, really good at engineering, technology type stuff. And so we wanted to go to a program that was shaped around go-to-market. Mm-hmm. And the MD in Austin, Amos, he's a real go-to-market guy. And that's where we felt like we would gain the most. And so we ended up going to Austin. Um, we met our first employee there, hired him on our last day at Techstars. We um, got our first, first round of funding there uh, with, a, with a really great partner. And, and we've actually have now a third of our team in Austin um, in, in conjunction with Raleigh. Oh, that's super cool. Okay, so give me a little bit of the funding history here. So you're not bootstrapped. How much did you raise back right on day one in 2018? So Techstars, you know, it's the standard 100K, 100K deal. Uh, so in 2018, in total, we raised about a million bucks uh, as like our pre-seed. And then we've had subsequent rounds in 2019 and 2021. 
um, of a seed and seed two. So in, in all, we've raised about $8 million. Mm-hmm. And tell me more, the pre- obviously it's a little data now because this is back in 2018. Well, I mean, today, standard seed rounds. I mean, I've seen ones as small as five caps. I've seen ones as high as like 50 caps on a convertible note, like a safe. It's been all over the place. But back in 2018, what did you guys do? Like a one on five sort of deal? Yeah, we, we, what we typically saw in the market was like a three to five, uh, three to five cap on a seat. Yep. Yep. Okay. Got it. So maybe like a one on a four sort of deal. And I forget what was the standard tech stars deal back then? How much equity was it? Was it 7%? It was uh 6%. Six. Yeah. Yep. 6%. Have they changed that? I don't think it's changed at all since, since it started. They've been, they've been the same. They've been, they've actually been very consistent. I know YC switches around a little bit. I think tech stars have been very consistent. Yeah. Do you compete with your friends that maybe went through or applied to YC and just, just to make sure that you made the right choice with the tech stars? Yeah, it's actually cool. We, uh, we had a bit of, bit of lineage there. So there's a local program in North Carolina called NC idea, which funds, um, equity free grants. It was, it's an economic development thing for startups. And we went through that program and there was another company sitting next to us and they went through Techstars in Austin the year before us. And then we went through Techstars in Austin on their recommendation. And then we actually share an office with a company here that went through Techstars in Austin a year later uh, with our, our recommendation. So we've, we've been able to really propagate this Raleigh-Austin pipeline. You've seen it all. Yeah, you've seen it all. That's very cool. All right. Take me back to the first customer in 2018. Where'd you find it? Like, can you name who it was? Do you remember? Yeah. So the very first customer was actually a small company called FarmShots. Um, they're a, a satellite imaging company. They ended up getting bought by a big agriculture company called Syngenta. And so in that time, there was a, there was a handful of these um, seed stage ag tech satellite imaging companies, and each one got bought by a different big ag tech. So one got bought by Monsanto, one got bought by VASF, and FarmShots got bought by Syngenta. And they actually have, have been our customer ever since. They continue to be our customer. I was going to say, so that's great for you because Syngenta probably has more engineers. That means more contributors. Yeah. That means higher ACV for you and net dollar retention. Absolutely. So Absolutely. that's the strategy, folks. You heard it here first. Go invest in companies that are small, likely to be acquired. And that is how you get into bigger, bigger teams, more seats. <laughs> we actually we actually really believe in the lane and expand motion. You know, our net dollar retention is 173%. Whoa, that's really... I mean, look, I've, inter- I've done almost 3,200 interviews. That's, I would say, top like 5% that I've ever heard. Mm-hmm. So either you're operating off a very small base or you're killing it. We have a, we have a phenomenal customer success team and we have a model where what we do is we, we work with a small part of the org, we train them, and then we expand out to multiple parts of the org. And it gives us two, uh, two advantages. One is we really learn how the org works and we can really make them successful, but we create layers of experts within the org. So when the next set of people come on board, they don't just have us to work with. They also have their peers who, who they can be really intimate with. And we work with them through... Slack and Microsoft Teams and all these chat tools, so we really become an integrated part of their team. Hmm. And so, our you know one of our core values is that we can always help. And what's important to that is we can always help. Doesn't mean it has to be just with the product. We are a resource to our customers. We try to be partners to our customers. And, and how many now today? Farm Shots was number one. How many today? We're at forty-five. Forty-five. Okay, great. This is the biggest mistake SaaS founders make, especially when they start thinking about exiting, raising, or doing a secondary. They go, Nathan, I wanna do it like in two months. Can we get going? 
folks doing a successful exit or a raise at a really high valuation or a secondary that personally gets you a bunch of capital, it all starts like 12 months prior to when you wanna do it. So it starts by sending out monthly updates to advisors, investors, potential teammates, etc. But you gotta get going early on to build trust. When they receive a monthly update from you, it builds that trust and you want these to be succinct, tight and to the point. We started doing these over a year ago with FounderPath and we get incredible response rates from them to the, to the point where we even publish them publicly. And so they're doing really well. That's when we decided, you know what, we need to help founders do this more effectively at scale. Now, I don't have time to build software for this, but Axios HQ has done an incredible job with this. As you know, Axios is a media brand. They now have a SaaS tool for helping you send internal communications to internal stakeholders, team members, advisors, and investors. And they power it using this thing called smart brevity. So you get templates on how to write these. It's quick and to the point, and they help you get it out to optimize for your team or investors or advisors getting excited about the business. This is the easiest way to build trust so that when you're ready to raise or ready to sell, you have a massive pipeline of people banging down your door. Go ahead and try Axios HQ today by going to nathanlacka.com forward slash Axios. That's nathanlacka.com forward slash A-X-I-O-S. Tell me more about the CSM structure. Everyone structures a bit differently. How many customer success managers do you have currently? We have three customer success managers. Okay. Um, each one handles about a million and a half of quota. Yep. Um, and now, hold on. What is that quota? Is that the book of business they start with and they have to expand that against the target? Or that's what they have to expand the quota to over the year? That's, that's how much they have. To um, start with. To start with. Yep. And you know, if they expand beyond it, you know, we might reshuffle. But what we find is that with that amount, they can provide a, a really uh, tight relationship with their customers, a really healthy degree of support. So will you say, I mean, you're setting goals right now for 2022. Will you say to one of your CSMs, hey, here's your 1.5 million book. By December of next year, 2022, our expectation is that you expand this by 100 per- or 70%. And if you do that, here's a commission. Yeah. So we actually structure it slightly differently, right? So we're talking about this is how much we we think they can support because what it proxies into is like number of users, number of size, uh, how many accounts, things like that. And it allows us a really flexible delineation to say like, here's kind of how many humans you can support. Now, when they scale the thing, part of their commission is based on how they scale the accounts and how they renew the accounts. But the other part of the commission is other objectives that help make customers successful. So we actually compensate our CSMs, not just on renewals, but also on uh, methods, techniques, programs that make customers successful that can be broadly applicable. Give me an example of those. So for example, we had an initiative recently with a customer where there was a particular topic around code review that they really wanted to uh, build like a template around. They said, we want to be able to template this into all of our teams. And so our customer success manager was responsible for building out that code review best practices program and then rolling out within their customer, but then marketing that to all customers so that any customer that was interested in that program could could enable it within their work. And so the successful delivery of that program is part of the objectives. And that it gives them a non-monetary, pure customer success-driven objective that um, really can can both align the incentive, right? Because the customer success team 
has to be aligned to the to the success of the customer, right? It's in the main. And you don't want just the revenue to become combative to the success of the customer. Mm-hmm. So we want we want to be able to incentivize them to make the customer successful and drive revenue, but not at the expense of one another. So what portion of a CSM salary at all stacks is basically something they have to earn? It's bonus. In other words, if I'm gonna make I'm gonna make this hundred thousand bucks there in Raleigh or Austin mm-hmm. to be a CSM rep, what what can I earn on top of that if I hit all these targets, renewals, these techniques, programs? Yeah, it depends depends on the seniority of the person, but you know, could be twenty percent, could be forty percent, could be fifty okay. percent. Um, so definitely really a percentage, did. but not like a sales rep, not where you're like going to double your base. Yeah, yeah you're not going to double your base. We want to compensate you appropriately so that the success of the customer is paramount. Right. Interesting. And how many humans are to, to your using your word across forty five customers? How many humans do you have across those that you have to manage with these CSM reps? Yeah, so it's it's actually a really interesting question. So from the perspective of contributors, right, people generating platform uh, data, it's over a quarter million. But from the perspective of actual users of the application, um, you know, we're in the kind of hundreds to about a thousand. Okay, interesting. Uh, so call like eight nine hundred today. So what, hold on, what's it? Because obviously you, you don't charge so, all quarter all two hundred fifty thousand four hundred bucks a year, right? right? Yeah, yeah. So it's it's based on the um, the people who are consuming the data versus the people who are generating the data. Oh, got it. So quarter million consuming, nine hundred ish generating. Uh, the other way, the other way. Quarter million uh, generating, nine hundred ish consuming. Okay, but you only and you only. What do you bill against? You don't bill against the quarter million, do you? We don't bill against the quarter million. We bill against the addressable part of the organization. So we we usually have more data than we're we're billing for because the way the systems work is we acquire the data and then the users are only working with a subset of the data. But because we're a data platform, um, you know, we're incentivized to work with as broad of a footprint as, as I see, I see. What's the total team size today? Uh, my team? Yeah. We're uh, 31. 30. Okay. So you guys are growing, growing nicely. And then look, can I do backwards math here? 45 customers at a thousand dollar monthly ARPU. I think this is probably too low, by the way, you guys are doing like 45, $50,000 a month right now in revenue. Uh, a little bit higher. We're, yeah. um, we are, we've crossed a million, uh, Congrats. 83, 83 grand Q. a month. That's exciting. Yeah. Crossed a million at the end of Q3. We're doing, um, we're doing about one five at the end of Q4. Um, That's great growth. So that'll be a four x on the year. Well, not just that, but in the last quarter, I mean, you've grown thirty three percent. That's incredible. Where's that growth coming from? Is it expansion or new customer additions? Both. Wow, that's impressive yeah. growth. So, round out the funding situation here. So, like a million on a four ish back in twenty eighteen, and then what you did four point seven in twenty nineteen. So that was rolled into the the million was rolled into the four seven. So the four seven was um, the uh, the total equity. I see. Right? I see. That was a goal. seed. What do you call that? We called that our seed. Seed. Okay. And then fast forward to just I think this year, right? You rate what you raised four million, five million. Yeah, we called that our seed two of four million. What the hell, Hirsch? What is a seed two? Come on. Yeah, it's uh, it's nineties uh, a. <laughs> <laughs> that's hysterical okay seed yeah. seed two round uh you raise the four again most people in that round are selling like 10 to 15 percent maybe 20 percent of the business were you sort of in that average or did you do something super unique 
Um, just straight in that average, basically we're, we're from a, from a terms perspective, we try to be as vanilla as possible, not yeah. doing anything, anything crazy. Um, and then, you know, we're going to go for a, the, the proper series A and a Q1. Yep. 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 Got it. So you, this is, we're talking like sort of like a four on a 35, $40 million valuation, that sort of range. Mm-hmm. Why Q1? What do you think you have to hit to do a competitive, you know, series A and Q1? I think we want to have our best foot forward. We have a lot of capital in place. What we're seeing is that the market, so just to give you an example, the market is blown up. All the analysts are writing about us. We're getting written up in Forrester and Gardner and Gigo. You know, all those, all those guys, our inbound pipeline went from zero to, to about 40% of our pipeline in one quarter. We're, you know, coming into competitive deals and winning them. We're seeing that we don't have to educate the customer on the market and the problem anymore. You know, they know what they, they know they need something. They have budgets, they have mandates to buy. All that to say that we see receptivity to the dollars that we can spend, yep. which in previous years, you know, we were still building the category, building the market. Now the market's ready to receive the money and it's time to, to go put some fuel on the fire. And where, if you're at about $100,000 a month right now on revenue, where were you exactly a year ago? We were uh, about 450K ARR a year ago. Yeah, so you're talking that would be about $36,000 a month in revenue. So 3X year over year growth. That's a great growth rate, man. A very, very exciting stuff. Thanks for making time for me. Let's wrap up here with the famous five. Number one, favorite business book? Uh, Boys in the Boat. It's not a business book, but I think it's absolutely applicable to business and team formation and team building. Number two, Hirsch, is there a CEO you're following or studying? You know, I shy away from celebrity CEOs. Um, you know, obviously, I read about them and everything. There's a couple people in town that I look at as like the pragmatic leaders that I really admire. Um, there's uh, Bill Sproul runs a company called Global Data Consortium. Jason Massey runs a company called Industrial.io. Um, those two people have been mentors of mine for for years and um, and and friends, and so. I, I keep them in mind quite a bit. Number three, what's your favorite online tool besides your own for building all stacks? Um, one thing that I've really gotten to enjoy of late is uh, Figma. Yep, that's a big one. Number four, how many hours of sleep do you get every night? Six to eight. Okay, and situation, married, single kids? Married, two dogs, no kids. No kiddos. How old are you, Hirsch? 34. 34. Last question. Something you wish you knew when you were 20. Uh, I wish that I knew that everything was going to be totally fine. Guys, all stacks. There you have it. 2018 launch. They help you measure your development success, velocity, status, points, etc. They're doing about $30,000 a month a year ago. Now doing about $110,000 a month. Incredible growth rate. Just did their seed to raise about 4 million bucks. They call it like a 30 to 40 million valuation, ramping up their team 31 between Austin and Raleigh, hoping to get a, you know, a, a proper series A done and maybe Q1 next year. But meantime, again, 45 enterprise customers continuing to scale using the tool to measure their development teams and the attribution there. Hirsch, thanks for taking us to the top. Thanks, Nathan. Really nice to meet you.